0: Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast. Before we get to our guests, special shout out to Cruise Consulting. We do all your startup accounting, startup taxes, and tons of consulting. We're kind of whatever comes up, like financial models, budget actuals, maybe some state registration, sales tax, VC, due diligence support, whatever comes up for your company, we're there for you. 750 clients strong now. $10 $10 billion in capital raised by our clients. I can't believe it. $2 billion this year. It's been a crazy, awesome year. So check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. And now, on to our guest. So when your trouble's are mountain, in tax or accounting, friends with your host Scotty. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Warner Cruise Consulting and today my very special guest Don Muir of ARK. Welcome Don.
1: Hey Scott, great to be here.
0: This is podcast number two in, in a pretty short time frame so that's like the ultimate compliment I can give ARK and you and by the way I'm a small investor in ARK personally so just everyone knows that but I wanted to have you on because since we last talked we've gone through a banking crisis, holy cow and turns out pretty good for arc like things things are going well for you guys like maybe give the quick update on on arc and and just tell us how things are going
1: yeah scott the feeling is mutual you know we're we're huge fans of of cruise look the world the company myself the everything has fundamentally changed the last time uh, you and i chatted on this podcast now like over a year ago uh, at the time we were a uh, pure play digital lending business in a zero interest rate environment offering revenue-based financing. Since that time, we identified a much larger pain point, which was that the same banks that were extending credit to these software companies were underserving them on the checking account, the savings account, and with high yield products. And so we started moving into banking. Well, interest rates started to go up and that business became profitable. So we doubled down and we happen to be at the right place at the right time when the world imploded and the regional banking ecosystem collapsed uh, last month. And so we ended up picking up hundreds of new customers uh, from SVB and FRB and other regional banks. And we've retained those customers today. And now we're giving them uh, capital in addition to high yield checking savings and, uh, and uh, brokerage
0: accounts. It's so amazing, it, it's, you know, so much of life is like uh, being prepared and creating your own luck sometimes. And it feels like you guys did that arc. And but well the, well, the coolest things is you guys, you have the lending, you've always had the lending, but now you you built the cash management aspect of it way ahead of the crisis, so that you were like, ready to roll when that happened. Like, did that, how did that feel? Was it like a jolt of adrenaline? You're like, this is, this is our moment.
1: When I pushed the company pretty aggressively towards banking, it, it wasn't a, a sexy thing to do at the time. And a lot of investors um, and other market participants advised me against it. But I viewed the bank account as the center of gravity for yeah. these early stage software companies. And through conversations on the lending side, the unique insight is that those same offline financial institutions were underserving this market. SVB was the only player that addressed this ecosystem in a meaningful way. But the big joke, as you know, is that while SVB was the bank for tech, they were not a tech Bank. And so I saw yeah. this large market opportunity to offer uh, a world class banking experience and, most importantly, a high yield brokerage experience at a very low cost that's software driven to these businesses. So, when all of a sudden the market educated itself as the world, the startup banking world imploded last month, it was certainly validating. And it was this aha moment for. A lot of Arc's investors, a lot of others in the ecosystem uh, who didn't necessarily agree with the direction that we were taking, Uh, everything really surfaced and and, uh, became apparent to the ecosystem, which was validating for
0: me and my team. It's awesome. Well, and when you say underserved, I'm guessing, but let me try to guess what it was, is like, a lot of the banks don't want to pay much interest on the deposit base, because that's like a very direct cost into their lending business, right? Like that's, and so what we were seeing all the time was like, haggling, like the the kind of I call it like the cash management aspect of banking, right? And so a lot of haggling, a lot of back and forth, a lot of slow moving, and interest rates really lack, like the interest rates people are getting in their bank accounts was dramatically lagging the interest rates that were kind of available in the market. And so is that kind of what you're saying? Like you you saw that and basically were like, hey, we can." there's an opportunity here?
1: Yeah, there's really two key elements at play. One is an offline, relationship-driven, transactional experience that you're getting with these large financial institutions. They are focused at serving their large Goliath customers that have billions of dollars of deposits and uh, they want to take them public and charge them lots of fees and bring in the investment banking team. Inherently, those large FIs are underserving the 5 million ARR companies with 10 to 20 million of cash on balance sheet. They're not providing an API-driven, a technology-driven experience like Arcus. So that was the, the first uh, the first gap. The second is exactly what you point out. These banks uh, are stingy on on passing interest income back to their customers. They're tracking ROA, they're tracking NIM, and their goal is to pay as little yield on deposits yeah. to their customers as possible uh, and keep all of that interest income for themselves to reduce their co- their borrowing co- their lending costs. Yeah. And so yeah. JPMorgan Chase to this day is paying 0.03% yeah. right on, on cash. And then they're lending that out at 5 to 10%. So they're, they're, yeah. their margins are wide. At Arc, yeah. we went out on day one offering 4% APY with the launch of our core checking account. And today uh, we've launched our brokerage account with Bank of New York Mellon, where customers can log in and within minutes can buy three-month T-bills, which are yielding north of 5% APY. They can sign up to this today at 12 p.m. Pacific, and within two hours, have purchased tens of millions of dollars of T-bills. That'll result in millions of dollars of of a passive interest income, risk free. That would take weeks to months to do with an offline financial institution.
0: You know, in this trend of buying Treasuries directly, I think is going to be a mega trend, and I because th- there's no better counterparty than the US government, right? They're always pay their bills, you know, shut down, fingers crossed saying that. But like, so I think you're really onto something there. There's also something you said early in the conversation, which I just want to circle back to, which was you'd, you'd signed up hundreds and hundreds of accounts, but you'd retained a huge portion of those. And I think that's a huge validation because what we're seeing is there was this flurry of starting accounts at other banks, other institutions, and then everyone boomeranging back. And so it sounds like that bet on cash management is is the hook that retained all these customers for you. And that's different than what we're seeing across other banking institutions. Does that sound correct?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think about it in three phases. So you have the first one to two weeks uh, following the SVB fallout, where there was panic in the market these businesses wanted to open up whatever was fastest and easiest and lowest friction and just get their cash out and diversify their cash and protect their cash. That was phase one. And we saw a huge uptick, uh, at arc and across, uh, the other, uh, the other fintech peers. So Brex and Mercury, I suspect experienced a similar, uh, similar uptick in volumes. So phase one was this giant spike in demand. Phase two is what you're describing where, these businesses also were opening accounts with J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America yep. and Citigroup, the two big to fail banks. And when those accounts finally open, because again, they're not technology-driven experience, it takes weeks and you have to go into a physical branch and you have to get on the phone with the relationship manager. I can answer that. Yeah, go for
0: a it. A lot of the Chase, Chase banking locations have been asking for their VC fund, this, the startup's VC funds EIN letter which is like never ever going to happen ever 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 and they're getting like there's just all these little frictions that are happening in branch that are like just impossible to overcome for startups.
1: Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly right. And that's one of the problems that we're solving here. That's that's one of the elements of these traditional offline FI just not being fit, not being able to keep pace with the the technology business they're serving. So, phase 2 is Finally, you know these accounts were opening, and you saw some of the the larger companies diversifying across the too big to fail banks. And I'll get, I'll come back to that in a second. And then phase three, my hypothesis is there's a long tail of opportunity here for the digital banking ecosystem. The BAM FinTechs, right, Brex, Arc, Mercury. These digital banks are now at a new baseline uh, of penetration in the banking ecosystem, and so. Previously, there wasn't as much awareness of these digital products. The customers, the ICP, they hadn't actually experienced how much, how superior the digital banking experience is than the offline relationship-driven approach. And so my suspicion is that as we educate the market, this long tail that went to JPM and Bank of America, that will be fed up with the offline, uh, transactional relationship-driven experience, that leaves a lot to be desired for these software companies that expect their vendors to move at the same pace that they do. My guess is that these businesses, over time, will move back to digital banks. They realize it's actually just as safe, if not safer, to bank with a startup like Arc than it is to bank with J.P. Morgan Chase.
0: We can see that happening. We have data on that. We can see that happening. I do think there'll be some like little. They'll keep an account open at a big one or something like that. But like all, and this is why I think ARK is so well positioned. They're always going to have their operating account at the the, the high service, you know, digital bank that you're talking about. But you guys, Arc specifically offers that like awesome cash management tool so then you're there's no reason to keep the money at those giant banks right like you you like you said you can just buy treasuries through arc you can have your money in i think we i forgot what the what the short-term bond fund is that you have but you know like you have the whole kitchen sink there for them so there's no real reason for them to have their money somewhere else does that that's, make sense that's exactly right scott
1: the fact of the matter is arc is not a bank and that's a good thing Arc is a tech layer with a institutional grade brokerage platform where in a click of a button, in a five minute onboarding flow, you can open an account with the world's largest custodian, Bank of New York Mellon, and diversify tens of millions of dollars of bank deposits across FDIC-backed products, SIPC-backed products. Uh, And then most interestingly, in today's market environment, invest directly in T-bills that are yielding north of 5.1% APY, 20-plus year uh, high.
0: Hey, it's Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, taking a quick pit stop to give some of the groups at Cruise a big shout out. First up is our tax team. Amazing. They can do your federal and state income tax returns, R&D tax credits, sales tax help, anything you need for state registrations. They do it all, and we're so grateful for all their awesome work. Also, our finance team is doing amazing work now. They build financial models, budget actuals, and help your company navigate the VC due diligence process. I guess our tax team does that too on the tax side. But the finance team is doing great work. And then, you know, I think everyone kind of knows our accounting team is pretty awesome, but want to give them a shout out too. Thanks and back to the guest. Talk about your your approach to the FDIC stuff because we have a page... Our FDIC page, which you guys are on, which, by the way, is a validation of what you're talking about, where you're comparing like the the old school banks versus the new school banks, because you're there right next to like Comerica and Bank of America. It's this moment where like there's this parody happening and there's not like a separate page for digital banks, right? It's like they're all there. You know what I mean? It's kind of cool. It's like a moment of like arrival.
1: It's a really exciting time in the digital banking yeah. ecosystem. The the day of reckoning is here for the offline yeah. banks, right? The day the it's really the, cool. the days of being able to retain all of the interest income from the fed are are now behind us. There's radical price transparency being driven by these these digital disruptors like Bra- like Brax and Arc and and Mercury and that's a really exciting uh, notion for
0: us here uh, at Arc. How do you handle the FDIC insurance and how do you cuz if you look at that page Arc is has multiplied way beyond the base 250k. So, like, how you know? How have you guys layered that up?
1: Yeah. So, just to reiterate, Arc is not a bank, and in this case, in this environment, that's a really good thing. Uh, it means we're not beholden to opening a single bank account with a a single bank. Uh, for our customers. We can actually diversify our customers' deposits through our user interface across multiple financial institutions. So when you bank with Arc, you're actually banking with dozens of the world's largest and most secure financial institutions. So your first k might sit in a regional bank that is fully FDIC insured. The next million might sit in a cash-insured high-yield suite program operated by the world's largest custodian, Bank of New York Mellon. That's another 2.5 million of FDIC coverage. Then we can get you 500K of SIPC coverage through a Vanguard or BlackRock money market fund that's yielding north of 4.5% APY in this market. We have an additional 2.5 million available through a separate money market fund of FDIC coverage. And then finally, Anything residual above, you know, call it that $6 million of FDIC insurance, you can park directly in T-bills, which are backed by the U.S. government, and many consider to be the safest place to park your cash, more so than FDIC or SIPC.
0: I love it. I love it. And 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 I love how you can explain that layer, because it makes so much sense to me. And like you said, that big excess goes into treasuries, which is, which is really where you want to have a lot of your money anyways, if you're sitting on huge dollar amounts, because again, best counterparty in the world is the U.S. government, U.S. Treasury. So that makes tons of sense.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, today at today's rates, it's a no brainer. I mean, there's never been a better buying opportunity for UST bills in my, you know, really in my professional career. Uh, So when I'm meeting with customers, it's it's almost a a no brainer. Most of these companies are uh, either don't understand or appreciate the availability of these products to them. They want to move their cash to JPMorgan Chase, and it's sitting in a checking account that's, that's, like I said, earning less than 0.1% APY. There's no need to keep 100% of your cash on JPMorgan's balance sheet when you can park it in UST bills or in a Vanguard money market fund that has SIPC coverage to earn north, north of 4.5%.
0: I absolutely love it, and I'm so excited for you guys because you had that foresight to build this ahead of time. And that makes all the difference so i apologize i'm a little crunched for time here but i wanted to get this update out because it has been so exciting post svb is like can you tell everyone how to like reach out to arc how to reach out to you personally if if they're interested just wanted to learn more
1: yeah definitely so you can follow us on twitter join arc Uh, we post most of our content on our linkedin page uh, so definitely follow us on LinkedIn, drop me a, a, a line over LinkedIn or, or over Twitter, and I'll respond uh, within an hour personally. So we're looking to help startups grow. We want to help you uh, efficiently deploy your idle cash to extend runway uh, rather than riffing your AE, you can get 150 plus K of passive interest income just by parking your remaining cash in a U.S. Treasury bill. Like there are ways to extend runway uh, in this market environment in very trying times for our ecosystem that doesn't involve cutting costs, uh, but but just by efficiently deploying
0: capital. And just do the math on that: 10 million dollars in cash, five percent interest. That's 500 thousand dollars of extra runway you get during the year. It's like it's pretty unbelievable it's
1: been a game changer for a lot of our customers and i'm just fortunate that we could be in a position to help so many custom
0: companies in a really challenging time for the startup economy i love it give my best to the arc team and i'm just super excited for you and great job like creating your own luck and being it's was wayne gretzky say Uh, skate to where the puck's going not where it is right now and you guys successfully did that
1: Thanks, Scott. Yeah, look, I, I really appreciate it. Couldn't have done it without my extraordinary team. So this is a team sport and, uh, and I am one small element of a much larger narrative here.
0: I love it. Thanks, Don. Great talking to you, man. Bye, Scott. Thank you. So when your troubles are mounting, in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Founders and friends. and friends with your host Scotty. Oh. Scotty.